and welcome to the Orthodontic Products Podcast on the MedCore Podcast Network. I am Allison Warner, Chief Editor of Orthodontic Products. Joining me today is Dr. Myron Guyman, who just started his term as President of the American Association of Orthodontists. Dr. Guyman, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Allison. It's a pleasure to visit with you. Great. Well, you know, to get to help our listeners get to know you a little better, can you tell me about your career as an orthodontist? How did you get started, and um, where have you been practicing? You know, it's it's been a great it's been a great run. Uh, I got interested in orthodontics as a teenager, looking at uh, a guy up the street that when the wonderful lifestyle that he had and how he was active with his children, I thought, you know, that's a great career for the family life that I I kind of envisioned. Uh, I practiced in northern Utah, the Intermountain area. I actually had offices in Wyoming, Idaho, and and several offices here in Utah. Um, I was trained at Baylor Dental College, Department of Orthodontics. Uh, which has since morphed into Texas A&M, uh, which has um, been a good a good movement for them. It's a little hard for a, a Baylor boy to say Texas A&M, but it's a great program, and it's been a great um, like I said, it's been, it, uh, the, it's been a great life, far better than I could have ever imagined. Uh, I got involved with the AAO, believe it or not, at the component level uh, at the state uh, dental Associ- the state orthodontic association. Uh, I was on their board for about eight years, and then. As I was coming off as president of the Utah, I had the opportunity to become involved with the AAO uh, with the Council on Communications. Um, I, I actually filled in for a doctor who was not able to make the meeting. And uh, then uh, with the uh, guidance and mentorship of uh, Dr. Bill Gaylord, um, he allowed me to be involved with the council. I was there for 10 years uh, and then uh, with, through that, got involved with the Rocky Mountain Society, um, worked through the chairs up there, was president of that in uh, 2012, and then uh, became a trustee in 2014. Uh, it's been it's been a great it's been a great line. I say being great to be involved with uh, organized dentistry, organized orthodontics, uh, interacting with the members in some of these great programs that we have. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's thinking about getting involved in leadership um, with the regional or the component um, associations, what would you say is the impact they can have by doing that? Well, I think it all begins with your component. Um, we are so much better together as a group. Uh, many of the legislative and regulatory issues are at a state dental board level. And so being involved with the component, it gives you an opportunity to access those channels to make changes. We we did that in Utah. We were able to run our own public awareness campaign for a while. Uh, we had some help with the legislature to clarify some things in the Dental Practice Act regarding specialty practices. And, and so it, I don't want to say that's the least common denominator, but that's probably the easiest entry portal for leadership in the AAO. There's not an AAO leader that does not welcome someone telling them that they'd like to be involved. Uh, there's a lot of ways to be involved with the AO. Not all of them uh, entail a 10-year or 14 or a 15-year commitment. Um, we have many committees, uh, ad hoc committees, uh, task forces, things like that where you know we tap into members' unique areas of expertise to work for a project. That project will have a lifespan, an, an endpoint, and, uh, and then who knows where it goes from there. Well, let's talk about your, your term as AAO president. So what do you see as your main focus or what is your vision for your term? You know, the last couple of years with um, the development of like our innovation and transformation department, 
SeaTac, uh, our uh, our think tank. We had some incredible projects, initiatives, new activities at the AO that have come online in just the last several years. I don't know that there's a a new groundbreaking change, you know, coming this year as president. I really think that that our best course of action is to stay the course as some of these programs and initiatives mature. You know, we started them several years ago. Uh, we've got some momentum, the groundswell, uh, the participation from the members is building. And, and I think this year we're best served by by supporting these initiatives and keeping those uh, the emphasis going on what, what we've done the last several years. So in terms of those initiatives that, you know, you've there's kind of a groundswell now, what stands out to you? You know, I think probably... I think probably the best example I can give you is our, our uh, tech select initiative. This is something that came with our uh, committee on technology, our CTEC. Uh, it was, uh, it's an educational resource for our members and their staff to learn about, evaluate, and, and maybe save some money on emerging or new technologies. Uh, this was, came out in May of 2022. Uh, you know, and initially it was on 3D printing and in-house aligner technologies and and not to, that one company or one product was better than another, but it was just kind of a clearinghouse of information where people could learn about this. Maybe save some money. Our tech select partners do participate in our program, and, and that helps keep these kind of things rolling. Uh, you know, this year we've added other things, digital indirect bonding, uh, custom bracket systems, um, you know, the remote dental monitoring, those kind of things. And, and just recently we've added automation and robotics, things, you know, technology for like trimming aligners, bending wires, things like that. And so I think that's probably the, the, a good example of something that started small or not insignificant, but, but it had to start somewhere. And over the years, as uh, we continue the program, it just gets better and better. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the flavor of the year that I'd like to see is these, other, these initiatives and others much like it uh, just get better and better. Well, and another initiative that was launched at this past AO in Chicago was the, the new products. That's, that's right, our new product showcase. And again, this is efforts of the AO to support and encourage innovation in the profession. This was products that were introduced since our last meeting in, in Miami. There were 17 uh, products that were presented, which is incredible for the first year. Uh, they have to be exhibitors at our meeting. Uh, and, that, and in our innovation pavilion, these products were presented. The votes were taken actually by participating orthodontists. There was a QR code on an iPad that they could click and move that. And, and this year's winners, not that any of them were losers, but this year, the products that, that uh, were voted on in our, in our showcase, uh, the best in show was DM Insights from Dental Monitoring. And this is just a way to use some analytics, data analytics, to refine office procedures, uh, what works procedures, what products and stuff work best in their office. And again, just using that, that data analytics to become more efficient, uh, more cost-effective. Our second uh, showcase winner was actually a product. It was Sparks Aligners. It was an integrated hook from Ormco, and it was a product that makes using elastics with aligners easier. I, I don't know what the word, what the word I'm looking for, um, but, uh, but, but a, a better way perhaps uh, to use, uh, you know, it, elastics with aligners. And then our third place winner this year was the Slate Electric Flosser from Slate Dental, which was an, kind of an automatic flosser. It has a small head that allows you to get up underneath the brackets and the wires as an oral hygiene aid. 
I'm curious, you know, you've, you've been in this profession for some time. When you look at all this, how technology has impacted the field, especially in the last, you know, 10 years with intraoral scanning and 3D printing alone, for you, what's really stood out about how the profession has adapted and changed? Well, I think no matter what the technology is or what it becomes, it still needs the doctor's guiding hand. There's still a art and science to orthodontics. And so the technologies that are evolving uh, make it uh, easier maybe for the patient to accept treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, the remote dental monitoring maybe makes it more convenient uh, for them to have treatment monitored at a distance, maybe not in the office all the time. And again, where that's appropriate, that's very appropriate. But again, the, the, the underlying current is that whatever the technology is, is that there is a gentle guiding hand by a, you know, a university trained orthodontic specialist to make sure that we're doing the right things at the right time. The changes that came during COVID, I think we adapted uh, mm -hmm. to not being able to spend as much time with the patients necessarily. I hope that we don't ever lose that personal touch. Certainly the collection of data and putting it in a form that can be easily researched later, you know, the imaging and the, the scanning, uh, those kind of things I think are, if I was a researcher to be able to have this kind of research in the form that it is would just be really exciting on how we develop new products, uh, new materials, uh, new techniques, things like that. Yeah. I was talking to a doctor yesterday in an interview and he mentioned the fact that, you know, a lot of these products are giving orthodontists a lot more information that can be used by researchers, you know, which hasn't been there before that level of data. So uh, if you think about, you know, measuring plaster models or tracing a SAF or things like that, and, and the precision, the repeatability of a, of a scan, uh, you know, a CBCT, um, I say exciting times ahead, looking forward to see what, what comes out of it. Like I say, all I see on the horizon is, is just light and bright. It's exciting. And again, under the, the careful guiding hand of a, of a university trained orthodontics, I think is, is the important part that we don't ever lose that part of what we do and how we do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the AAO's other roles is to serve as an advocate for the profession and its members, you know, at a federal level. So I'm curious what the AAO's main initiatives when it comes to Capitol Hill and then, you know, also at the state level. You know, that really hasn't changed much at the federal level. You know, we still look for student loan relief, a way that we can be equitable with our, you know, the the tremendous debt service that our new residents come out with to make sure that that debt service doesn't become a, an impediment to where or how these uh, new orthodontists are able to practice. Uh, we'd like them to be able to have access to markets that may need more access to care. Uh, um, the sad fact is that sometimes some areas don't support an orthodontist at a level that they can uh, equitably service their debt and provide for their family. And so we're always looking at that. The RAISE Act is just something that we've worked on for a long time, which would allow health savings accounts to be used better to hold the uh, uh, benefit over time so that people that are looking forward to orthodontic treatment would be able to stockpile their own resources to make it more affordable for when their children or their family members need orthodontics. That, that's always a, a big one for us. Believe it or not, we've had more success recently uh, in the regulatory agencies. If you think about it, to have a bill passed takes a, literally an act of Congress, and, and that can take years and years and years whereas a regulatory body can make changes more quickly. And so working with 
the Attorney General's office, we're working with um, the FDA, um, those kind of agencies, working with the regulatory bodies, they're able to help us safeguard the health and safety of the profession in a more timely manner. They can regulate how dentist, dentistry is provided, by whom, and, uh, and and so sometimes the inroads that we make, again, with our, our motive always being to safeguard the health and safety of the, of the, of the public. That's, that is always our number one motivation as we go into these advocacy efforts. Yes, yeah, a little bit about the states. Um, we are finding that uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. State Dental Practice Acts regulate, you know, the practice of dentistry in that area. Um, we have um, some new hires at the AAO that monitor things in the state, state dental uh, board uh, agendas, legal actions that take place in the state. Uh, we monitor those things. Uh, we have a component legal support fund, which is funded by our House of Delegates to a million dollars every year uh, that we use to advocate in, in certain states that have issues that come up. And I would say that's been one of the, one of the biggest things that we've done in the last several years is to is to have a network to be able to react responsibly quickly and in a timely fashion at a state dental board uh, we always involve uh, the state orthodontic association of course and we also try to coordinate our activities the local state dental associations to make sure that we're all uh, working together again to safeguard the practices of uh, dentistry and and the health and safety of the of the public that's been one of those things that has taken on a life of its own. Uh, we have a tremendous staff, the legal department at the AAO, Gianna, Trey, uh, Nate, uh, Andrew, some of the others there that I'm forgetting, I'm sure, to make sure that, you know, that we monitor those things and can react quickly and, and put people in place at the right times, the right places, so that the legal precedents are such that, that it promotes the, uh, the ideas that, that we espouse as being in the best interest of the public. I wanted to ask you about the um, consumer awareness program. Now, we at Orthodontic Products are actually doing a more in-depth interview with uh, the AO marketing manager soon on that issue. But the CAP just released a new campaign featuring two videos focused on mail order orthodontics and early treatment. I'm just curious to get your your take on the CAP campaign and you know why those two issues to start, mail order orthodontics and early treatment. You know, the CAP something that... that- is near and dear to me. This is where I, I got my start in my AO involvement. This has been almost 20 years in the making now. And this is a program that is that has changed and morphed. And as as the technology got better, as the delivery methods got better, you know, the cap has moved into those areas. And uh, and it, it, it's really been a successful program. Uh, this year, we expect uh, over 5 million visits to the AO consumer website. Our goal is to provide information to the public on what orthodontists are, what we do, how we do it. We'd like to be the go-to place where the consumer goes to get information on orthodontics. And we'd also like them to be able to find an orthodontic specialist AO member in their area with our orthodontic locator. The topics that you bring up are, are just some of the topics that we've talked about over the years. The benefits of when to see an orthodontics, maybe not necessarily early treatment as much as the age seven, see an orthodontist to, to evaluate your future orthodontic needs, whether they get treated at that time or not. Um, that would give the parents an example, an, an, a timeline of when they might need to have the you know, financial resources for an orthodontic treatment, 
give the the parent idea of when the child might be ready, things like that. The direct to consumer, again, that that is a public health and safety issue for us. While orthodontics may appear simple because we do it so well, it is a complex dental, medical, biological procedure. And some of the direct to consumer business models, we feel bypass some of the, the safety gates. Um, we'd like to be evaluated for your other oral health issues. You might have cavities, periodontal disease. There are things that don't show up in the mouth that might show up on an x-ray. And without having these gateway type safety measures, an orthodontic treatment at the wrong time in the wrong place might be more damaging than good. And so the idea that that you would seek treatment from a qualified orthodontic specialist at the beginning of treatment to make sure that those kind of problems are taken care of or, or, or eliminated before we start some kind of a treatment that again might might be more damaging than good. Yeah. Do you have any advice to orthodontists or members on how to use the CAP resources to reach their community on these issues? You know, you can like our Facebook page and that's a good way to do it. Our Instagram, you know, our, our social media guides, that's probably the best way to do it. And then to be sure that Believe it or not, to be sure that your contact information and your office information is correct on our orthodontic locator. So that when the, when people in your area seek information about orthodontics, that they know how to find you, that they can be sure and find you. And believe it or not, that's, that's been an issue in the past. Offices change and phone numbers change or website addresses, email addresses change. And just to make sure those kind of things are, are current and, and up to date. And again, I'd probably defer to the interview that you're going to do with Jen, our marketing manager, about some of the details. Some of these are so new that I'll be honest with some of the, the board members haven't even gotten to see these yet. And uh, the ones we've seen are, are well done. They're exciting. It, like I say it's exciting to be able to tell our story. If we don't tell our story, you know, really who else will? A nice webcast with the orthodontic products people would help. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely. definitely. So stay tuned for that. Well, um, we just got back from the AO annual session in Chicago. So I wanted to ask you about what's next on the AO's agenda in terms of, you know, educational sessions. So you have the winter conference next January in San Antonio, and then the next annual session will be in New Orleans next May. So what can members expect from those two events? Well, I'd look forward to the um, the winter conference that we're in, in San Antonio the topic is orthodontic mechanics and specifically on finishing. It, it seems like 90% of work is the last 10% of treatment as the, as uh, the, you know, the occlusion and the treatment gets detailed and finished. And so we thought that would be a good topic to bring to our members. It's maybe a little broader than some of the topics we've had in the past and hopefully it will appeal to a, a, a bigger segment of our membership. San Antonio that time of year is wonderful. We're in uh, the Hill Country Marriott, I believe is what it is. And it's a, a great venue, great place to bring your family, great place to come and meet with your colleagues, your study club members, uh, your classmates, and and, uh, and the, a the other members of the AO and, and come have a great meeting. Certainly we'll put a plug in for our annual session next year in May, early part of May in uh, New Orleans. We'll be there during the Jazz Fest, which will be an interesting time. New Orleans is always a great place to have a meeting. We were there uh, in 2014. Uh, when I came on the board, it seems fitting that we would be there again as as I as my term of service terminates. Come to an end, yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, a little emotional there. I don't know if that's if I don't know if that's joy or sadness, but I say a great a great place to have a meeting. We've had great meetings, and 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 you had mentioned it too as you uh, 
uh, attended our, our meeting in Chicago that we really want the membership to come back out to our, our meeting. Uh, COVID put a stop to that. And I think we're a little bit out of practice, a little bit out of habit. I think you saw at Chicago how great it was when the members get, get together. Our committee on meetings, our CCON, and our meetings department will put together a, a great program for us with the, you know, the scientific lectures. There'll be other tracks available to the members that appeal to your time of life or your time of practice. And come out and see the members. It is, it is always good to be face-to-face and, and to renew acquaintances and make new friends and visit with the old friends too. Well, I'd like to get your thoughts on the increasing corporate influence in orthodontics and how the AO plans or can support independent practices. That's a good question. Um, The most important thing to us is that orthodontists are providing the orthodontic treatment in whatever treatment modality that is, whether that's a solo practice, a small doctor practice, an OSO, um, you know, or, or a participating orthodontist in a DSO. How do we provide for them the things that that they need? It, it's it's something that we look at all the time. Uh, OSOs especially. The first thing I want to emphasize is that there's a place in the AAO for every orthodontist, regardless of practice modality, age, training, gender, ethnicity. Um, the AAO and this profession is welcoming to whoever, whatever, however, and we want to join together for what's in the best interest of our profession. Some of the demographic changes in our profession um, may lead to some of these practice modality changes. An OSO, a DSO, um, I I actually practiced the last three years in a DSO, and it was a great way to finish a career without the demands of uh, practice administration. I got to treat I got to treat the patients. Um, it was a very good DSO that allowed me to do that at a high level to maintain the quality of treatment. You know, we look at some of these opportunities as an entry level job, where our residents come out and can make a living while perhaps they're either searching for another practice area, or pay off some debt, some loans. And I think at the AO, our our concern is that how do we provide for them what they need. So probably one of the most important things was that these orthodontists would communicate with their AAO leaders on the kind of things that, that they need from us that we can provide for them. CE opportunities, networking opportunities. Uh, we have a job fair and a job board where jobs can be posted. People looking for opportunities can post and things like that. Again, whatever's good for orthodontics is good for, for the AAO. And uh, that's one we want to be sure is that we are promoting the art and science of orthodontics uh, however we can for these. Uh, how that is, I think that's gonna, like like our other programs, um, this is relatively new, uh, the growth the growth of this corporate environment, and, uh, and we're gonna have to grow with it. I will say that we meet with these partners and uh, communicate with them uh, as much as we can. And again, any, any, any of those leaders in the OSOs, DSOs that are listening, um, please reach out and let us know what it is that you feel like you need that we can do to help, you know, your your employees, your doctors to do the best job that they can for you and us. I wanted to ask about, you know, diversity and inclusivity across the board in a number of professions is an issue. What is the AEO doing to tackle diversity and inclusivity within the profession? You know, this this can be a really hard question 
for us because we don't get AAO members until after they've been to ortho school and after they've been to dental school and after they've been to college and, and high school before that. And so we, where is the engagement point that we can have with these underrepresented groups? Uh, certainly the outreach programs that we have with the uh, American Dental Student Association to help with some of these programs to, to put the idea of a dental or an orthodontic career in front of these young people at an early enough age that that they enroll in a dental school and then we can meet and greet with them again and then certainly we reach out to our resident programs and, and engage them always letting them know that there is a place and a way to leadership a way to membership but where we don't self-select our members i think the onus on us is to make sure that we have resources upstream to invite these kind these underrepresented groups into our profession and again at the aao level our special committees on inclusion and engagement especially with our women uh, orthodontics group seminars on how to break down barriers to leadership and uh, sometimes just a group that meets together uh, that can talk about like things at like times is a, a way to engage them certainly any leader that would welcome any conversation with anybody on how to be involved with the AAO. Hopefully this is something that gets better in time as our as the demographics of our profession change also. I believe over 50% of our residents now are, are women and our, and our special committee on women are giving us some direction and guidance on how we can engage them and provide for them the things that they need in their practice and professional life and how they can also engage us with the AO to provide the AO with the, the special talents that they have that we can use in our programs and our initiatives, things like that. It's a two-way street. We reach down and they reach up and my interactions have always been wonderful with, with any AO member, not, not just these underrepresented groups. Absolutely. Okay. Well, my last question, what is your message to orthodontists listening to this podcast today? What role do you see them playing in achieving the goals you are the goals you see for the AAO and during your term? You know, be involved, be engaged. Our PAC, our political action group, is only participated by 3.6% of our members. And yet our advocacy issues are one of the things that our members identify as, as some of the most important things that we do. But we have a, a very little participation from our general membership in that way. What would I tell an orthodontist right now is, my gosh, you are... What a wonderful time there is to be an orthodontic. Like I say, that the advances in the technology is just going to make us be better and better and better. Um, like I say, the, the things that they can do in research, the efforts that we're making advocacy to protect our profession and to protect the health and safety of the public. I, I mean, what a, what a wonderful time. I would say be involved at whatever level that you can. And again, realizing that not every thing you do with the AAO has to take years and years and hours and hours and months and months. And uh, even just answering the call, uh, when a, we, uh, we didn't introduce this before. We have a network where through a text message, when something comes up that you can text your uh, legislators in your state. And we do that when an issue comes up, you sign up, it's called NAN, I'm not sure, national something, something. Action network? Um, you get it. 
Is that what it is, National Action Network? So, National I think that's what Action it is. Network. And again, we always we always talk about it as the nanny. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get confused. Um, there's not a little, there's not just a few things that we do at the AAO, but, but you get it, you get a text message that says, Hey, you can send a message to your state and in federal legislators, bam, you hit that, you know, the letter goes out that, you know, the AAO thinks this is good for the profession, for our members, for the public. And we would like you to support this bill. You know, those kind of things are, are the way that our, our grassroots members can make, make a big, big difference. Be involved with your component societies. A strong component, you know, that becomes aware of issues that come to their state dental board is is an, an area of, uh, that we can act on. But if we don't know about it, you know, it has to start with awareness. And and sometimes we hear about it soon, and sometimes we don't hear about it in time. And a lot of that comes from members that are engaged, you know, at a at a local level. So enjoy the profession, be a part of it, uh, realizing that a lot of us working together, we can get a wonderful, amazing things done. Uh, much more than we can do than if we're trying to, uh, you know, work by ourselves. And so, but be excited about what you do. Where else could you have a profession that makes people happy, that makes them have a beautiful smile? They may, may not remember your name, but they will remember what you did for the rest of their life. And, uh, you know, all the benefits, you know, the whole body thing and the health and safety. And that's one thing, but, you know, at the end, it's, it's that beautiful smile. Uh, we know they're going to be healthier for it, uh, but they just know they have a beautiful smile, and that's how they greet the world. And, and what a wonderful profession to be a part of, even if that's all we get. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Gaimon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Allison, and appreciate what all you do for our, our members. Great. Well, and to our listeners, be sure to subscribe to the MedCorp Podcast Network to keep up with the latest Orthodontic Products podcast episodes and visit orthodontproductsonline.com to keep up with the latest orthodontic industry news. Until next time, take care.